This, 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 this is, is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have some staffing game. Oh, yes, I have the owner of MBD Staffing, Anthony Burnett, from Seattle, calling from Seattle, and we are going to talk about staffing and how he's turned you know, his passion into helping people get work into a successful business. Anthony, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. We we love to have the entrepreneurs on so we can inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs. And I want to start in your staffing because, I mean, all through your middle school, high school, college, it's people don't really learn about staffing until they're out of school looking for work part-time, full-time. So how did you get into this game? I got into the game out of uh, accident. Um, After college, I went to um, get an internship, and the only one that I received was from a previous uh, other scholarship athlete who was the HR director for what was then called Quest Fields um, here in Seattle, and I started working for, uh, for her. And it was a good experience. I had to, it was jumping into the fire because I was in charge of every interview that we had and I had to interview over 3,000 people. And I didn't really know the first thing. She gave me a script and away I went, but um, it it actually starts off of why I do what I do is because one of the individuals, um, I was doing group interviews, so I had five people um, every time I interviewed, and it was going about 20 minutes. And um, I was asking questions from this various group, and the person that I liked the most, he came with clear answers, you know, uh, definitely had his stuff together. And, you know, I asked, when can you start? And he said, I can start immediately. And I said, okay, well, that's, that's great. You know, I, I, I'd like to go ahead and offer you the job immediately as a prep cook. And I, I thought nothing of it, you know, took his little application, what he filled out, gave it to my HR director, and, you know, away we went. Now, three days later, uh, my director comes, calls me up and says, hey, get in my office immediately. I, I just asked what's going on. She said, you need to see something. So I go over to the office. She says, you know, it's the individual that I like the most. She said, is there something wrong? And um, I said, you know, everything looks good. Looks like you checked everything. He wrote neatly. She said, what about this section? And at the time, um, it was, have you had a criminal record or been convicted of a felony? And at the time, you know, if you put that on, you have to explain it. Um, that sense has changed. But he left it blank, completely blank. And she said, that wouldn't be an issue if I didn't run his background check and there was some um, possession of things and things like that. Now, in the stadium, it's okay to go ahead and have some of those previous convictions. We do want people to get a second chance, but you have to disclose it. And um, he didn't disclose it. She said, well, 
you know, that's go, this is going to be a big problem for you if something happens. So just let you know if something happens to the, because of this man, you know, I'm going to go ahead and hold you responsible. My first time running into anything like that, so I was pretty, pretty upset. I come outside and guess who's skipping down the hall? It's him. So uh, <laughs> I, um, I pulled him off to the side and I said, you know, congratulations, you got one on me. You know, kudos to you. But you got, you know, on strike two and a half. If you're late, if you're, you know, you know, uh, being um, inconsiderate to other people, if you don't make your shifts, give me a reason to let you go, and I'm taking it because you put me in a bad light with my boss. And he looked at me and he said, you know, um, you'll never have to worry about this. I'll, 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 you gave me a chance, Anthony. You know, I'm a brother, and I got fed for my my kids, and because I have that previous conviction. You know, nobody will hire me. So you'll never worry about me. Not only was he the employee of the year that year, he was he got promoted from prep cook to chef, sous chef, um, then executive sous chef. And then he started running the entire district or the area um, in culinary skills. He got his culinary degree, and he's off being a great chef. And, and that story still resonates with me. Because, you know, he was a brother who wasn't getting a shot. And I indirectly gave him a shot. And, uh, but I kept encouraging him as I saw him going up the, the, the corporate ladder. And um, it inspired me. Some people just need a chance. And uh, that's kind of why I started how I got into the game. <laughs> and I'm hooked, so to speak. No, that that that's awesome. You you gave him a chance, and then what then made you you know step in and say I can do this you know for myself at a bigger level. When when it came down to starting a, a staffing company, I've been recruiting for years, um, and in recruiting, um, it's it's hit or miss. You you deal with some firms that don't really um, don't really care about who you are. You're just numbers. Uh, some companies, you know, really do like you. I was with another, I was with an organization and um, they were so centered towards um, uh, Microsoft that when Microsoft did its big change to go to 18-6, where you have to contract work 18 months and then you have to take a six month break, you know, they lost in that whole change, they lost right around 150, 180 employee consulting count and they had 300 so they had to make a really big change and uh, i knew that the change was coming but uh what made me start about doing my own thing is we had a a banking client who um and it actually started why i knew diversity was so important banking client um they were looking for a senior branch relationship person and we had some run-ins before with this client and I just said, you know what? They're not being fair to everybody. You know, the, the, the names, if you have a different name or a diverse name, they ain't really messing with it. So um, talked to my account manager and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let, let's go ahead and see about it. And he, um, he let me send out four resumes. The resumes were exactly the same. Um, only thing changed was the title of the, the, the company they were with. I switched it up a couple of times. Um, but I put in different names. It was Tim something ski, Linda something witch, and I had uh, Rashad Lewis 
and Renita, I forget the last name, but um, you know, I sent it over thinking, you know, Anthony, this is a little science experiment. You know, it's never going to work. Cal manager's like, it's not going to work. Nothing's going to happen. Ping. Um, we would definitely like to talk to Tim and Linda. And we both were just shocked, like, no way. And, um, you know, we pushed back. What was the difference between why do you not want to talk to or interview the other two? And he said, they don't meet, in quotations, our company culture. So with those small examples, I knew that there was something different where somebody, just because of their name, should not be uh, not given an opportunity. And, it, and there's no company that really cares truly about it, you know, the, the, at the time that I knew of. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do it myself. Um, company's going crazy here, and, and I don't know what the future holds. Um, and, and I wanted to go so I'd do it myself. They gave me a, they wind up did cutting my job. They gave me a little bit of money, and I took that money, and, and away we went. Uh, I just felt like we could do, I could do it better. I felt like I could be genuine and I could care. I care about people and how they feed themselves and their family. So it started from there. And when you started, you know, I've seen some of the uh, YouTubers who say, Hey, start a six figure staffing company with, you know, little money or less than whatever the amount of money is. And so when you start it for the person who listens and says, wow, I've seen, I've heard of something of this, but I don't know if I believed it or anyone who did it outside of the person selling like a course, how much right. money does one need to start with? And do you need to have like, you know, a big staff? The answer is no. You, to make sure you are completely compliant at the baseline level, as far as licenses, Department of Revenue, um, state secret, uh, state, Secretary of State, those licenses all cost money. Total is six, $616.21. I only know that because I have a couple of businesses. <laughs> it's the exact same um, every time, every Wait, business repeat, I have started. Repeat that again. Repeat that again for somebody. Repeat that again. Somebody say, wait, wait. I, I don't know if I heard that right. How much? $616.21. Wow. wow. You can start your I'll business with that. Yeah. No, it, it's fine. But what people, before you spend the 616, you need to identify two major things. A, can you do it for six months without being paid? B, more importantly, what are people buying? If you, if you, a lot of people think, oh, I can do this business, I can start my own business, et cetera. And they're not understanding what people buy and how they receive that information to go to your service or business, you're going to struggle and it's not going to be very pleasant. You know, you're going to be that person who said, I started a business or I thought about starting a business and it never really amounted to anything. You need to really focus in on how you're going, how your differentiators are going to get customers. Um, that's one, those are two major things. Um, and plan for it, plan for all the success, but also plan for the failure. How can this mess up? What do I, what do I not have that uh, could possibly hurt me? What delays do I have in my process? It could be in anything, 
let's say you do hair, you know, how can I go ahead and get the most customers? There's a lot of people who do hair. How can I get more? Um, but I want to start my own salon because, you know, I have this much experience. What location is going to be conducive? What blockage in the city's plan could stop my customers for company, uh, from coming? You can actually Google any construction that the city has, you know, two years in advance. So your location has to be planned out so that doesn't happen to you. Um, where are you going to get your products? Where your your hours of operation? Who are you going to get to work with you? Can you get the troops to work with you? And how do you pay them to compensate them to make sure the doors stay open, lights stay on, and everyone feels good about what they're doing? All of these things come with planning, but I say make those plans first before you go ahead and pay the 616. Okay. Okay. And and to pay and to pay that money, what is that fee broken into? That sure. and, and, I mean, break that down. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the Department of Licensing. You have to get your UBI. Yeah, I'm sorry. You have to go to Secretary of State first, um, which I believe is two two. And these are not direct. I know how much the total is, but um, it's two and some change for the Secretary of State. Department of uh, Licensing, where you get your UBI, is uh, right around 36 or so. Um, you have to get your um, DUNS number. If you want to do anything in government, you have to get your SAM registration. That's free. And shoot, there's one other one that's actually pretty substantial. I can send you that information, and you can send it to your, um, your viewers because it breaks it down what website you would have to go to and uh, what the cost is associated to it that's not a problem i wanted you to i wanted you to break it down because in oh. every interview I, and and i don't need and that was a great great explanation because every state can be different and so they need to really do their research if they're going to be an entrepreneur but people right. come and listen to these interviews and they and they say hey that rule is different for me in nebraska well good i'm glad you did the research figure out what you need to be doing but folks will see the you on youtube and they'll say oh if i pay somebody you know twelve hundred dollars to take course they feel like they've gotten a a, a business in a box where mm -hmm. we know you know that's twelve hundred dollars isn't going to have anyone set up a business for you but you can do the work yourself. And that's where I really want them to, to get it. And so after they do that, you know, to set up a business and after you do that, what did you do to be able to staff your first person? Did you go get a big office? Did you, um, you know, start hiring a secretary? Because a lot of folks, you know, oh, I'm going to go get an assistant. And you hear that type of talk, Anthony. You're like, yeah. Why do you have an assistant? You haven't even... Right. Um, the first thing I I would encourage everybody to do is not call themselves CEOs. Um, <laughs> I, I I laugh at people who have not laugh at them directly, but laugh at the the notion you're a CEO of six person shop. Um, you're a business owner, but not necessarily a C level. You have to have a B level, which is middle management, to be to be the CEO. Um, but I would say if we're talking about staffing. Work with people, work with references. I would say stay away from friends until you can create distance from friendship. Yes, you're, you know, you and your, 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 your good friends, 
you guys have to come together. Yeah, that'd be a great partnership. But you should never indulge in that if you're the boss and they're the employee because there's so much personal information already shared, it usually doesn't work out. Um, the first person that we hired, 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 um, was somebody we were affiliated with. And then his friend um, was the pers first person we hired. And I like that we had some distance. There was no um, muddy water, so to speak. This is just a, a reference of a reference. And it worked out pretty well. Um, after that, it was uh, somebody who was just hungry. Work with people that you want to work with, something that you see in yourself. Because when the time gets hard, those are the two people that usually are going to go after it. Look for the people who have you know, had a problem and persevered. Look for those who can clearly communicate. You know, if they can talk about the problems and how they, you know, came to the solution or you have the understanding of how their methodology or how they think, how that works, usually can, you know, use that to, to find good people. It was my first employee was a recruiter, my first one. Um, my second one was a business development. My third was a business development because I wanted to keep the recruiter busy and I focused on the recruiting aspect. So now I could, you know, I could have people outside going out and, and fishing for the opportunities to staff different uh, for different companies, but then, you know, we could go ahead and, and keep it in-house and get them the right people. I didn't hire another recruiter until I hired my third BDM, a business development manager, because I simply needed to be out about selling the company for larger contracts. So got another recruiter to place me, got another recruiter to place me. Then I looked at outsourcing it and, and then kind of grew it from there. Um, I like reference people who, you know, helicopter pilots, you know, helicopter pilots. So if you know a good person who works hard, they're not going to put their name and their reputation, you know, behind somebody who's not or who, who can't do that. Um, but also find some fresh blood, you know, um, meet, I, I met, uh, Another brother, he was selling me uh, cell phone accessories, um, <laughs> and and he he was persistent, and I was like, you know what, I'm a, I'm not gonna get, take any cell phone accessories today, but here's my card. If you're interested in an opportunity where you know for a career, uh, not a job or job, just over broke, you go ahead and give me a call. He called me, maybe about three hours later. <laughs> And he said, you know, I'd love to just, you know, pick your brand and see what you, what you see in me, you know, that, that possibly could do that. And um, he's been a very good recruiter um, for that. I, I've taken single moms who just need help or just don't, don't know what they're going to do. And they've, you know, been out of work for a little bit, but they want to do something and, and they provide for themselves and their family. You know, my, my highest employee um, makes $300,000. I have no problem telling saying that. Um, but she works her, 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 her backside off. And, um, and uh, she was in a, a car accident. And um, she, she got in a car accident and she wasn't able to do certain things. We tailored the job for her um, to make it, you know, conducive for her. And she comes in the office, you know, 
you know, once or twice a week, but she's, uh, she, she does a phenomenal job. She's a, a, a great recruiter and you know, we're, we're lucky to have her. So, well, hope that, I answered that question. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you definitely, you definitely did. And, you know, staffing, it's, you know, you're always having people come in and, and, and sending them out. Uh, going to a, another job so you're managing not just your staff but the people that you're finding work for which right. is, is, you know people is a task in its own but mm-hmm. give the folks you know they hear thousand um she makes three hundred thousand how many yeah. people does she staff in a year to get that <laughs> money and is it based on how many she staffs or is it based on just the salary no, no, it's not a salary. Uh, I, I would not do that to myself. Um, <laughs> uh, it is, uh, she, she's got a, a base salary with benefits, all that good stuff. And then she puts, uh, puts in commission. So we have contract workers, um, people who work in, uh, or consultants, they work for, you know, I, I think her numbers are right around uh, 20 to 30 um, people that she has on the books. And then she puts in direct placement. Some direct placements, you know, um, without being too uh, too descriptive, you know, they can get us, you know, uh, a finder's fee or a headhunting fee of ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars. You know, you do that five, six times, you're not doing too bad. Um, and, and then with the continuous way we're we're doing and building our business, you know, she gets different bonuses and kickers and, you know. It's been like that for years, and I don't think she's uh, um, dropping the crown anytime soon. <laughs> Even with this, uh, what we're going through, I think she's still going to be doing pretty all right. But, you know, she loves us, and, and we love her, and it's a great working relationship. And she's been with us, you know, kind of from the beginning, and, you know, she, she's risen to the occasion multiple times. And like I said, we, we, she was saying, you know, there is no job that would have changed her whole way she does work, you know, because of this entry. No job. So we, we were able to do that because we care about people and, and away we go. What, what I find interesting about staffing and, you know, I, I'm always trying to break the game so I can build it up the way that I want to play. And mm-hmm. what I see is like you could hire a recruiter or have a recruiter. I don't even want to say hire because this is somebody who can really go, you know, they could have their own company and work with you. And as long as they go bring you good people that fit your demographic. So you could be a social butterfly and do well at this. Can mm-hmm. you be somebody who, you know, doesn't be in the suit every day, but you might meet people wherever you meet them and, and you might mm-hmm. have whatever your background is because you talked about that. Could you be that person and say, hey, Anthony, I can go bring you great candidates that are great mm-hmm. for, I know you like tech candidates, you know. Um, mm-hmm. can, that, can that happen where, you know, you could have folks coming out of straight up prison saying, hey, I want to be a staffing recruiter for, you know, people it, would that work or do you need some type of clean background sometimes most of the time yes um you know when we do work with the government you know they want our staff to be you know at uh, a different level but i i love 
you know, working with people who have, you know, something to lose or not lose, I'm sorry, something to, to gain. Um, they've been counted out. Similar to my, my first story, you know, something that people weren't giving them a chance and we've given them a chance to go ahead and do better. Um, can you be a social butterfly? Absolutely. Um, half of it is communication and being clear. Half of it is your own knowledge base. So if you wanted to look into being staffing, uh, a staffer, where there be, it's two sides of it. It's, it actually is three. It's operations, management, that's what I do. But um, you have to be really good at process and process-driven, how we get from zero to 100 and break it down every step of the way. That's when your operations, if you're you know, very charismatic and go out and speak for yours and, and, and can get people to do certain things, meaning, and of course, follow you, you can be a good recruiter. If you're able to say, the people that I got, you want to meet. These people, if you're looking at more marketing and how you outward the um, send out that message, you could be closer to sales. So you'd be, be BDM, um, business development manager. And those are kind of the three things you need, the mix you need to, to possibly be a good staffer. Um, but the recruiting portion is, is crucial in this because the better people you get, you know, the, the, the more highly sought after they are, your salespeople can go say, I have the perfect person who can do this job. I have this person, they've graduated from here, they've done this and this, these are experiences, don't you wanna meet them? And that's the kind of the, I met, bought this person into the farm, now I'm selling this person out to, to do a great job for themselves. And the, the candidates love it if, if, you, uh, if you think about it from sports, you become their agent, so to speak. <laughs> you, you're their, their career agent. How am I going to get them the best deals? How am I going to get them the most money? How am I going to get them the best team so they can go ahead and do great, great job, great work? So those are some things that you want to think about if you're going to look at and do some staffing. Um, where do you fall and, and what do you do well? Um, can you gather people and can you sell them to, to do good, good work? Okay. Okay. No, that, no, that's, that's good to know. So, you know, I hate excuses. I hate when people say, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Where you have, mm -hmm. you know, others who are, are making it. Um, and so you, you get into this, you have your business, how, and you said, you know, don't expect to get paid for, you know, you say six months. And, mm -hmm. and why is that? Because, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I'm bringing in these do the checks take a long time to come from the companies? Is it that, you know, you have all these other expenses? And if so, what are those? The, the checks, um, the, the, we'll talk about the checks, but the only reason why I say expect not to get paid for six months is because you're going to go through some growing pains, mainly in your marketing. That's where you're going to find the, the biggest growing pain that, um, that, that, that I see as working with other, um, other diverse businesses and just smaller businesses is how you are marketing to get your client, your client, their co your client acquisition. What does that look like? How are you going to get them? Where should you find that honey hole so you can get as many clients as possible? Uh, that takes time to develop and it has to look a certain way for people to really 
show that you're legit and you're professional and th- those type of things. Um, that's why I said expect that. But when it comes down to the check, you know, um, a lot of people are, are, are not necessarily clear on how that works. And there's a, there's a quick, short, easy way to make sure that you aren't waiting a long time for money. If you start a contractor, you know, for a job, you should invoice every week. You should not wait to invoice to 30 days, meaning they would have worked for 30 days. You send one large invoice and then wait to get paid. That, that payment is on net terms. So it's net 15, net 30, sometimes net 60, right? Our first contracts um, opportunity was net 60 with Microsoft. Um, and that's because we haven't proven ourselves, et cetera. And we had to wait 60 days before we got paid. We had to pay a lot of uh, consultants. You know, they were making $45 an hour and I had eight of them. You know, if you do the math, that's not, <laughs> that's, and every week, every two weeks, they want their money for themselves and their family. So we had to find, I had to quickly find a solution. I was luckily did have a solution that, that worked, but how did you, how did I go from how, why do I say do it every week? Because if I send an invoice, you know, on let's say March the 1st, I know in 30 days, I'm going to get an in, I'm going to get paid by April the 1st and then so on and so forth. So I'm only not getting paid for 30 days rather than if I send an invoice on March the 30th for and paid all that money to that employee I'm not going to get paid till April the 30th. So I would started the contract on the 1st, but not gotten paid for 60 days. And that's where a lot of people don't think about. And that could really hurt the business, both, you know, financially and most people can't afford that. So I'll say if there's a quick tip, make sure you're invoicing every week, especially if it's on continuous work and it should, uh, and that lag time uh, will definitely be reduced. But uh, it's just expect to not be paid for, like I said, for first six months, of course, strive to get there, but just understand I'm, I'm going to do this for the future. This is not necessarily for a quick buck. This is going to be, I'm building this all for the future. Um, yeah. Man, that that's, that's good for people to hear. And, and, and that's with, you know, any business, if you are living hand to mouth on your business, you, you need to find another way. That's why it's not a bad thing if you have a job to start the business now so you can then scale it up. And, and what, are, you know, what are some of the, um, you know, people are challenged, but does it ever, like we're dealing with, you know, lockdown times in most of the countries, at least that have common sense and listen to the medical doctors. How, how has staffing been? Because I can see how staffing, you could be busier than ever right now in, in one way, but how, how is business? Business is okay. Um, and I say that loosely. I mean, of course, the economy was doing fairly well. We have a lot of different clients. Um, we do a lot of work with government. Uh, but we also started doing a lot of work with construction. Since construction has completely slowed down because it's stay at home, the construction industry really hurt us a little bit. But as far as the quick, you know, I won't say day workers, but for um, the security folks, 
um, who you know, make sure your monitors and the anti-theft wear and all that stuff happens. They've been good. Technical customer service. Now that more people are staying at home, when your computer breaks down, they come in, do whatever they got to do, and get your computer up and running. Um, network. I mean, load bearings, all those technical things that make us more digital, that has really picked up quite a bit. So you, if you see, you see a huge effort flow if you're nimble. Um, you stated that I just do tech. That tech was where we started, but we do business and finance, construction and engineering. And we found that, and I found that those are some of the major areas that diversity is really hurting you know, in upper management and, and, and so on. So that's why being intentional and understanding the strategy um, of being a diverse company that cares about more diversity in the workplace, where are the areas or industries where we can be utilized and those are the ones we came up with. But I still love healthcare. One day we're gonna get there. Um, <laughs> I know that they need some staff right now, um, but getting there, um, it's been a little bit tricky but definitely want to get there and stay there, you know, um, uh, you know, moving forward. Okay. Okay. I mean, and what has been tricky into getting into healthcare, you know, uh, we've had uh, offline conversations that, mm-hmm. and I don't want to offend anyone, but we're opening up a companion care. And when doing that, um, I was like, this is like staffing. And I was told by many medical professionals, even one that I live with, it's different. And it, we, and I'm like, how would one know if it's different if you haven't done the other, right? But right. What, ha- what have been some of the barriers for you getting into healthcare? The, the biggest barrier is that we have to have, it, it was a business decision. I don't necessarily just want to be a staffing company that gets you bodies because that's a body shop. That's not good. That's not sustainable. So I always like to have a professional who can advise on different aspects in an industry. Um, For construction, we have two people who have been project managers and they do some of our BDM work. Um, Tech, same thing, engineering, construction, same thing. But with healthcare, it's been very difficult to get somebody out of that realm and into the staffing industry. Secondly, the margins. They do not like to pay substantially. Um, on average, just completely, since we own the, the game show, they want to pay only 8%, whereas other organizations will pay at the minimum 15 to 25. So they're, it, it's, it's a lot different. <laughs> and then also, you know, their interview is a little bit different. It's almost a stylistic interview rather than the can they do the job. We've had plenty of people who have been rock stars on paper, but because of the powers that be, they just didn't like their personality and they didn't think they'd vibe well or what have you. So it's a little bit different because you're dealing with not only people, not only their certification, not their education, but now do they vibe well with the people on a very, uh, excuse the word, intimate level? Can I really count on you type thing? And, and they're not, and hiring managers aren't going to really disclose that information. So it's a lot of unknown. And that's what, what's been difficult. When we do healthcare, it has been in tech healthcare. 
because it's, you know it or you don't. And that, that's where we have found success. But um, with my mom being a nurse, um, I, I, I'm just near and dear into my heart to, <laughs> to go ahead and help those people, especially during this time, uh, especially during this time. Look, is it the nurses right now are killing it? Um, they, you know, if you're a nurse, you're getting called up by people all day. Um, and even, you know, it, it, it's, it's even certain deals for those who are in residency or if you're in fellowship, where, you know, New York has, you know, tried to make deals with people to say, hey, if you will come out here, we'll pay you, you know, I mean, the money is crazy. I mean, you can make six what? figures um, now in a, a small time, not a year, folks, like in right. three or four months, if you have those credentials. Right. But I always say, personally, I'd rather have a healthy body here, um, somebody <laughs> who, you know, can, um, you know, be a companion and, 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 mm -hmm. and do all those things that, you know, I'm accustomed to rather than going out. I mean, at some point, how much money can you have? I don't know, mm -hmm. but not willing to put mine at risk. Um, but for those who are, you know, young and you don't have kids, go out there into the, you know, belly of the beast and be protected. God, God bless you. Mm. Traveling nurses can make about $75 an hour now. Traveling nurses, people who just nomads can go out and go be in, um, you know, an old friend of mine, you know, went to Hawaii and I believe she made $85 an hour in Hawaii and they, and they paid for her accommodation. So she stayed in an apartment, she had a car. She was there for about two months and she did two months of Hawaii. Not necessarily too bad, but she's a very specialized nurse who loved trauma um, and emergencies. She loved that chaos. They needed her and you know she, uh, she took the job. So if, if they're out there, if you wanna go ahead and look at a career that's not going anywhere as you see, Nurses may not be a bad option or just thought process. And there's a 2 million nurse shortage. So there's plenty of room if you're willing to put it in. But so, so, so we're talking about staffing. And I do know that, you know, in certain states, there are differences. I met someone who's doing about a million a month in mm -hmm. um, home health agency. And he also has a staffing business and, you know, a guest on Diversified Game, and he, he, he breaks it down even on YouTube, the small differences between, you know, New York and Florida, you know, shout out to, you know, Carl Pierre, but you guys have to, like, get it that these big numbers just don't come, it takes drive, because there are so many staffing agencies, and people think, oh, I'm just going to start that, and I'll just do it when I want to, but this is something that, like, Anthony dedicates you know, his, his life too, and is constantly thinking about the same way some of you guys dedicate your life to drinking and buying brand names. If you, you know, I, I just put it out there like that because um, I haven't seen Anthony yet pull up in a Gucci suit. I haven't seen him, you know, uh, brag and boast about his Ferragamos. I, I, I haven't seen it. And, and, and he travels a lot, but he doesn't even, he's not even on social media. That's how much of, you know, he's dedicated to his craft, but that's only one of your, your, your businesses. And I, I don't want to go through all your businesses because you, you know, that's what round two is for, but can you talk about your, you know, other f businesses, pick one that you like, um, and, and tell the people how many you have so they can kind of see how you can evolve. 
currently I have six uh, businesses that I have that I I own. Um, hmm, which one do I? Put me on the spot. I'm I'm thinking about which one's gonna help the people. <laughs> no, no t- um, you, you can stun a little and 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 inspire mm, the people mm, because pick the one no, that. No, no, no. Um. Uh, let's talk about. Oh, okay. Let's we'll talk about auto repair. So I have uh, five auto repair shops. Okay. Um, I got put on that game by. Uh, and this this is not a brag, but I had an Infinity uh, car um, years ago, this is many years ago, and brakes were going bad just like any other car. I'm squeaking up and down the highway, and you know I got to go take it in. I go to the dealership, and they say, man, you know, uh, you know it's going to be eight hundred dollars to replace all the brakes. I knew I was being you know taken advantage of. But I knew nothing about cars, and I mean zero. So I paid a little money, and I'm I'm mad, but you know I, I'm I'm not squeaking anymore. Anyways, a business partner of mine says, "Hey, you know um, I know you've always wanted to get into real estate, but here's the thing: um, there's this guy who's losing his shirt. You know, let's let's go let's talk to him because he may be able to give us his base, you know, for cheap because he's losing his shirt." I said, you know, I know nothing about cars. Again, thinking about my car experience, and um, and, and I say, okay. So we talked to them, and he says, yeah, if you want to go ahead and pay eight hundred dollars, I'll let you go ahead and have the shop with the bays, with the list, with the tools, the whole nine, eight hundred dollars. I instantly said, eight hundred dollars. Thinking about my experience, all you need is a sucker like me, once a month, and you got rent covered. So I agreed to it, did a month-to-month, signed it. And again, he, he, my business partner, he got all his buddies. He's been a big car guy. And, um, yeah, we, we, we had that start um, on April the 1st, 2011, I believe. Um, April Fool's Day, the first day, first day we cleared 4800 Because our overhead was so low, we said, bring in any – quote you had will be by 15%. Easy. I knew people needed help with cars. The place was packed. Um, Next week, same thing. Next week, same thing. Two weeks later. By the the end of the month, we had enough for the year. Um, And I said, shoot, we're on to something. So I looked for different shops that, you know, were not necessarily doing too well in rural areas in the back. And just did better advertisement, and just said we're gonna beat beat the um, beat the advertised prices, and that's it. So then the government started leaning on me and saying, "Hey, can you do this for um, government work and doing that type of work?" So we took on a couple of government contracts. So we don't take as many um, independent, you know, customers, but we do uh, from time to time. We run the shop. You know, pretty much 24/7. We have people on night shifts, people on day shifts, and we run it a lot faster um, and, and and do all right. So that that's one of the businesses, um, and uh, got five. And I want to do more, but my passion isn't really in the cars, even though you know it is. 
and uh, but my business partner is and you know he he loves it i'm happy i'm part of his dream and you know maybe one day we'll go get to 10 but until then right oh wow that no that's 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 great that you don't even you didn't even know about breaks but then you got <laughs> you have the business that now you know your repairs are are free 99 unless you want to tip yourself with, right with, right. with, with, yeah with, with so, all of this with with, with yeah. all of you know doing business and i i often like to tell the audience i see business like it's replaced toys for me. I used to be the king of toys. Now I want, I'm just the king of my business. And I that's why sometimes I know one and sometimes I want to share toys and sometimes I don't. And I'm telling you, know, learn how to play. Um, you know, quietly by the time for all of that, but I'm trying to be quieter about things at the same time to inspire people. And it's not, oh, I have all the money or Anthony has all the money. It's just to say, this is working for us. It could work for you as well, but you have to have that drive. And, and that's the type of drive that, you know, we're putting towards just life so we can take care of families and all that. This is your give back um, that you do, you know, with being successful. The give back I give is I try my best to give um, my time, energy, and effort towards diversity and inclusion by being that voice of uh, of of somebody who is diverse and how it affects people of color. Um, I'm. The, uh, the, the AGC, which is Association General Contractors, the largest uh, collaboration of um, construction companies. I'm the diversity chairperson for the state of Washington. I, I really hold that uh, close to my heart because in construction, there's not a lot of people of color, especially in talking to the owners of construction companies. Literally, they're just owners around the table talking about th what they see in the industry and being the person of color saying, are you looking at it from this perspective and how can we include more people of color into construction? Um, I'm very happy about that. And I don't think I'm going to change that anytime soon. Um, we have the Defining Moments Project, which is a project that I started to help more people who've been recently incarcerated find out about construction and get them into the pre-apprenticeship programs uh, that are free in hopes to help them build a career. Um, we, I did that, uh, Kellen was part of the first couple, but we've done a couple of those and we're gonna do more of those when this all, you know, uh, lets out. Um, also, I, I try to give my time to other organizations, um, to small business owners or who people who want to. So Table 100, um, organization that helps small, small, Minority businesses find opportunities in the public and the private sector. I give my time as a volunteer to help businesses that, you know, need some guidance, need some TLC, um, need whatever they need um, as a business development chairperson. So I help develop businesses um, as well as run the, the other companies that I have. So I try to give my time. 
Um, sometimes I, I break the bread, um, <laughs> you know, for, for different organizations, but it's now that I'm here and, you know, I say successful with air quotes, um, how do I give back? How do I make my community better? How to make my people better? How can I make myself stronger? Um, you know, still as a person, I, I'm, you know, I'm a work in progress as well. Um, so I'm looking at all those things and, and trying to be the best that I can, but give where, give where I can. And that is a good game. We don't want to give a game over because you've given enough for people to say, I want to do that. What's the next step? The next step, after you get off here, I want you to check out mbdstaffing.com. See what Anthony has going on. And then if this is something you're serious about, go register your business. Um, at the same time, go get some books, some knowledge, read up on everything that you can in staffing, get addicted to it like you do the World Series, the Super Bowl, or whatever else that is a time suck out of your life and just just be totally entrenched in this business. Anthony, I want to thank you for coming on, and I know we'll talk after. Okay. Well, thank you all so much for having me. I have appreciated it. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.